This is the Joe and Amber podcast. For last week, Joe, of having blue check marks on Twitter, I would imagine. Our last <laughs> week of being verified. It's been such a good run. Legacy verified. You know, we're like the OGs, though. We're legacy verified. We can say that we had it before everybody else paid for it. Good riddance. For someone like myself, I don't think anyone's out there trying to impersonate me, so it's really not going to matter. I would say oh, good luck be, to all of us. On, you, you would be surprised. I guarantee you just even speaking that into the universe, there's about to be like 25 accounts on, on Twitter of like Joe Fortenblah. Uh, here we go. Well, you know what? Bring it. Because uh, if Adam Schefter can handle it, I can handle it. How are we going to... Schefter's going to have to stay verified, right? Because it's not... But then someone else but could create the else same picture and a name like it and then verify their account. Yeah, it's going to be a pay mess for the with verific- breaking news. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's going to be that... Yes, because sure, then ESPN... I would imagine ESPN would pay for Schefter. Uh, ESPN could pay know. for it's Adam Schefter. It's not the contract. Good. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, or maybe Shefty uh, could could pay for it himself. However, I, and it doesn't stop anybody else. It doesn't stop Adam Dot Schefter, whatever the heck, from right. also, I think, paying for the blue check, right? So we're not going to know who's real or who's not. Then Twitter announced that in that For You feed, you're only going to get people who are Twitter blue subscribers. So now you're not going to get suggested to you anybody who hasn't paid for their blue check mark. You it's know what? Mess. It's kind of perfect with the timing because good weather and summer are right around the corner. And I don't want to be on that anyway. And I don't think anyone else should be on it anyway. So go out, live your life and enjoy. And you'll realize it doesn't matter what color of a check mark, if any, you have next to your name. Wow, Grant's never of things, sounded older. It's not going to really look good when you're laying six feet under. Okay. All right. it's you, you, you sound very out of touch, though. You started the conversation. Days. You can't get upset with what flows out of my mouth after that you was open too the wise. It was too wise. <laughs> we, we are all addicted to the social media on our it phone. Sounds like a, it sounds like people who have had blue check marks by their name before. Uh, also, there is an at <laughs> Fortin Bon Joe. Uh, so you just better, better watch out for that. Really? Oh, see, there you go. I wonder if his gambling advice is better than than our at Joe Fortbaugh's gambling. How's it spelled? Advice. I'm looking at him right now. It says no results. Mm, well, you know what? We'll you. do this all fair. I have a feeling this isn't going to be the most compelling of radio. I'm not sure anybody in like yeah, so, yeah, we should probably move on. But again, at Joe Fortbaugh, that's how you find him on social media. At Amber W Sports, you can find me as well. It'd be lovely if Instagram wanted to verify me at some point. I've only been trying to get that done for years. Joe and Amber's presented right, by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who so I'm the only person on ESPN radio who doesn't have a verified Instagram account. I don't like either. It's what not are a we big doing? Deal. Joe and Amber. You don't yeah, either? either. Oh, that doesn't help no. my argument. I don't have one either. Okay, James. I really Joe don't Amber. know how it works, though. All right, you guys took a flamethrower to my argument. James, Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. We were talking earlier in the show about the Lamar Jackson situation. If you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. And a lot of people are looking at landing spots, potential landing spots for Lamar Jackson. The Indianapolis Colts seem to be at the top of that list, even though they have the fourth pick in the NFL draft. It feels like they may go the direction of drafting a quarterback. The Washington Commanders are the team that everybody mentions next. Joe and I got into a heated debate about the Washington Commanders position where they say that they are not interested in Lamar Jackson. Well, here is the Washington Commanders head coach, Ron Rivera. 
Well, I just think the biggest thing is where we are. I mean, it's, it's again, we got to remember when you bring an entity that that has you know the 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 number, the contract number, and the impact it's going to have, it's going to change exactly what we're trying to do right now. And that's the thing that we decided in terms of where we wanted to go. When we had our discussions, you know, as as a group, we talked about what we felt and how we feel about it, and we felt that going forward with what we've got with Sam. And Jacoby now, we feel we, we can do that because of the guys that we have as playmakers. You know, because again, when you when you bring in a, a player with a big number, it impacts you and, and you have to now, what do you have to give up? You know, who do you have to let go? And so that's, that's a big thought for us and it was something we didn't want to have to do in terms of letting specific players go that we brought in for a specific reason. So, Joe, you heard him say it there over and over and over again. It's the number, the big number, the big number, bringing in the guy with the big number. I mean, he keeps alluding to the problem, the money that Lamar Jackson wants in a salary cap sport, and that's why we can't go near it. I think there's three factors as to why teams would pass outside of a team like Kansas City who already has a quarterback. That's obvious. Number one, yes, the contract. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. Teams don't want to do that. No team is going to give him that deal. The the sooner he realizes that, the better he will be in terms of getting what he wants. Number two, there is an injury concern. How great that factors in probably varies from team to team. Some people say, yeah, it's football. Guys get dinged up. Some people say, well, his style of football could lead to more injuries. You're investing a heck of a lot of money. And number three, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. How much does the way he handled the end of last season, or at least the perception of how he handled the way of last season, factor in here? Because some will say, yeah, he was injured and it was worse than people realized and he was legitimately hurt. But there are people that believe that he could have played late in the year for the Ravens and that he could have played in that playoff game against Cincinnati and that he didn't because he was trying to send a message. If you're going to invest a lot of money in a franchise quarterback, you probably don't want to believe that at some point he could just lay down and quit on you. I'm one of those people who believes that Lamar Jackson probably could have gone in the postseason if he wanted to and chose not to. Also, probably injured as well. So I think it could have been a combination of both, but he kind of decided, hey, I'm not going to play through injury because I'm not getting paid to play through injury. I don't think, though, it has an effect on this at all. I mean, I agree with you about the first two factors affecting teams. Again, hearkening back to our discussion earlier in the show, I also think with the Washington Commanders, you're talking about a very specific franchise that is up for sale right now for billions of dollars and isn't going to put $300 million in an escrow account up front or make that kind of decision right now while they're on the sales block. But I think that that third factor you're talking about where we're applying it to other franchises as well, I don't really think it's a factor because even if he did purposely not go in the postseason. I mean, we just saw the guy in Deshaun Watson get handed Deshaun Watson money. I mean, the what, 250 guaranteed? And imagine what that guy has in his past. So I don't think that anything, I mean, Lamar Jackson's record has been squeaky clean, uh, you know, throughout his career. He's done the right things. He said the right things. I understand that it can be viewed in sports circles as particularly egregious to you know, not show up for your team, but I, I have I don't I can't imagine. Everybody understands what's been happening here with these contract negotiations over the last two years with the Ravens. I wouldn't think that that would turn a team off if a team was willing to step up to the plate and pay him because they know that they wouldn't be in that situation with him. The interesting part about all of this today 
is with Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, talking about how they're going to look into this, not make a play, but they're at least going to look into it. Is this the first team that's officially on the record as, as needing a quarterback and not ruling out Lamar Jackson? Like, we yeah. know Atlanta ruled him out. We know the commanders ruled him out. We know some other teams have said, no, we're not, we're not, we're not interested. Are the Colts the first team that's actually gone on the record as having at least shown some level of interest? I believe so. I mean, we got the list All of teams right. that weren't interested. And then there were some teams that just haven't said anything and could be interested. We don't know. Might need a quarterback. You know, we don't really know the situation. I believe that the Colts are the first team to come out and say, yeah, we'll explore, we're exploring all options, so we'll explore this as one of the options. Again, I have a hard time believing it. Though. I mean, I just it, not that they're not actually considering it, because I think you consider it, but it just feels like the Colts' philosophy of bringing in the veteran has not worked and that they were so committed to let's try to do this through the draft. But you brought up a good point earlier when you said the fourth pick might not do it in this draft if you think your guy is in the top three. Well, two of the veterans they brought in were at the tail end of their careers, Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan. One of the other veterans was Carson Wentz, where there was some injury concern there like there is with Jackson, but also some cultural fit, shall we say, because in Philadelphia, it just didn't smell right with the way all that ended. And then we came to find out that, yeah, he is a poor cultural fit. Indianapolis ran him as fast as possible, and then Washington ran him out of the building as fast as possible. So clearly, Wentz is the problem. This is a a different can of worms, and for an Indianapolis team that has a sub-500 record since Chris Ballard took over as general manager in 2017, they've only got one playoff win. They've been cycling through quarterbacks like crazy. They need something to happen. Whether it's Jackson or a rookie, they need something to happen. But they're sitting at four, and we're under the impression Carolina at one, Houston at two are taking quarterbacks. Arizona at three is a prime spot for someone behind the Colts at four to trade up and grab one of those quarterbacks. And say the first three in no particular order are C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and maybe it's Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson's the guy. I know a lot of people are excited about him, but what if you aren't a believer in Anthony Richardson being able to progress and take it to the next level? Because he's the most developmental of the four prospects, right? He's the one that they feel is going to take the most time. If you're not sold on him and he's all that's left and you don't have Lamar Jackson, you're going to be in bad shape yet again. Or the Colts are going to trade up to number three, which I could easily see them doing. And they don't want anybody to realize that. And so they're pretending that they're going to look into Lamar Jackson, which is why they're the only team publicly willing to say it because it's actually helpful to them in terms of maybe what their plans might be in the upcoming NFL draft. Coming up here on Joe and Amber, what are the expectations for Jordan Love next season? We'll get into that. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with. 
but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Packers may or may not have Aaron Rodgers anymore. We're not really clear on the situation. It seems like they're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And there is another guy who's part of the story who we never talk about because Aaron Rodgers is stealing all the headlines and he takes up all of our time when we talk about the Packers. What about Jordan Love? Jordan Love appears to be the future of that team. Let's give some love to Jordan Love, shall we, Joe? See what I did there? Matt LaFleur, he is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He says that you got to temper your expectations this upcoming season for Love. You know, it is what it is, and at the same time, we're excited about Jordan and how, how he's been able to progress. We all have to kind of temper our expectations um, it's going to be a process. He's come a long way, quite frankly, fooling ourselves if we think he's going to go out there and perform at a level of to the likes of what Aaron Rodgers. So he's trying to temper expectations, probably a smart move there from the head coach, because realistically, Packers fans are about to go from Aaron Rodgers to the next dude. And that's going to be a tough transition, no matter who the next dude is, Joe, when the preceding guy has two NFL MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP under his belt. Too bad, LaFleur. Too bad, Green Bay. Expectations should be high. Expectations are high. To be the next Aaron Rodgers right out of the gate? No. To produce at a high level and threaten the playoffs? Yes. He ain't a rookie. He's a first-round pick that's entering his fourth year in the NFL, and you have known for this long that you have been getting ready to turn the keys to the car over to him. There's no surprises. You've had the luxury of three full seasons to get him ready to perform. You've had the luxury of three full seasons to build a competent team around him. You've had the luxury of three full seasons to get ready to usher in this new era post-Brett Favre, post Aaron Rodgers. So don't try to sell me on, let's taper the expectations. He's a young guy. He's not a rookie. He is a fourth year veteran. You kept Rodgers around this long for a reason so that this kid could develop. Again, not expecting Rodgers in year one, but he better be above average and he better contend because if Trevor Lawrence can come out and find that next gear in year two with Jacksonville, this kid better find that next gear immediately. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence was playing. Trevor Lawrence was the starter. Trevor Lawrence was the starter for the entire season. That Under he was Urban bad. Meyer, the worst then, head coach in NFL history. That's fine, but he was the starter, right? And then he got the luxury of going into this past season and also not being that great at the beginning of the season. Everybody seems to forget that about Trevor Lawrence because of how he finished the season. It took us a year and a half to determine that Trevor Lawrence looks like, yes, that number one pick actually was worth something when he was supposed to be the most odd on number one pick in NFL history. I have never heard 
people more sure about a number one pick at a quarterback position than I did with Trevor Lawrence. And it took us a year and a half for that to pan out. But is that because we got to give Jordan Love some time? Like Jordan Love coming back, into a start. Yes, on. he's been on that roster. But back for four to Lawrence years. though. But back to Lawrence. That point is that his fault. Do you blame him for that first oh, year I, not going well? To some extent, you're going to have to develop. Like I don't know. Do we have is is I don't. Urban Meyer seems appears to have been a bad coach. If he had Doug Peterson as his coach, would he have come out guns blazing? Week one of his rookie season? Probably not. There still would have been a learning curve. I don't know how long it would have taken him. There's no way to know that because by the time we actually saw him get it going under Peterson, yes, he had also that preceding season where things were disastrous, but he also did get the opportunity to start all those games for an NFL team. Jordan Love hasn't had those opportunities the same way. He hasn't had the consistent starting opportunities. I I just mistakenly referenced Aaron Rodgers as a two-time NFL MVP. That means a three-time NFL MVP. I think it's and four, a Super actually. Bowl. Four? 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 No, I think it's four overall, right? Three NFL and one Super Bowl regardless. It is a multi-multi-time MVP. He's one of the best players of his generation. And that's what Jordan Love is competing with. So I agree with you to an extent. Like, this dude is not a rookie. I'm not saying that we can't have any expectations for Jordan Love. What I am saying is that the expectations for Jordan Love cannot be Aaron Rodgers. Well, no. And I, that's I, I what don't, Packers come on, fans don't, are going don't, to don't do. Don't characterize that. Don't characterize that. Because I said right at the beginning that that's not the expectation. I said right away he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. That's not even close to what I said. The what I did Fort say was. At Fortinbaugh Joe on Twitter, that he said that. We are not going to treat him like a rookie when he's had four years in the league. They have had – or his fourth – this is his fourth year. He has had right. every opportunity to learn under this staff, and this staff has had all this time to get him ready. They drafted him in the first round, not the third, all right? No one said he needs to be Aaron Rodgers right away. But LaFleur is trying to put himself in a position where he gets a pass for this year. I'm not giving him a pass. I don't think the organization gets a pass. They've had forever to plan for this moment. This is not a surprising moment. It is something they have planned for. It is something they have engineered. If he goes out there and can't perform to a level where in that crap division they contend for a playoff spot, that's a failure on all their behalves. He's not a kid. He's been around for years. You think that they were planning for an engine engineering and and departure with from Aaron Rodgers a couple years before his contract is up like they just handed that man over 50 per per annual a year ago correct would they have bothered to pay him that thinking that a year later they were going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers that they were going to work out a trade with the New York Jets for Aaron Rodgers no chance that was part of the plan when they handed him that deal they thought he'd be here for another three years when they drafted him in the first round four years ago, the oh, plan Long. had to have been that he was going to play at some point in the next four years. So to pretend like they're now caught off guard, that they're turning it over to Jordan Love and they need time in one of the worst divisions in football, that's a cop-out on behalf of LaFleur. LaFleur is now going to be exposed for the coach that he is. He's either going to be a great coach, an average coach, or a below-average coach. But we're going to find out exactly how much Aaron Rodgers was winning games there and how much Mike... Matt LaFleur was winning games there. 
I just think it's interesting because I would imagine that, yes, maybe four years ago that was what they were thinking, but then also Aaron Rodgers went on to win back-to-back MVPs after that, and the plan probably changed when they handed him that monster deal, making him the highest per annual in the NFL. I would imagine they did not think a year later they would be trading that guy away and pivoting back to Jordan Love. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, is the parody we've seen in March Madness this year going to be the norm going forward? This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber, we have been spicy on today's show. We have find ourselves found ourselves in several arguments, Joe. I mean, it's been like first take up in here. We've been warming up, though. I think we're just warming up because today's a jury duty day. Yes, I think that's exactly what is happening. This is when stretch. Joe and I, you are stretching. It's I very literally weird. You're stretching. genuinely getting ready for jury duty. So this, I'm undefeated of course, in jury duty. My is, style works. I don't, I don't think you are undefeated. That's just not even a little <sighs> bit true. Uh, this is right. when Joe and I put our law degrees to the, wor- to the test, also to work. Uh, let's get to it. Okay, oh, so oh, uh, broken. Broken. Yeah, things are broken. Bad omens for Amber. Bad omens for Amber. That doesn't. All right. Well, I you just, know, I'll just do like the sound. Here's like a. Do we have some, here a gavel? Maybe, uh, maybe maybe something will work, work here. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Hear that? We got that one works. Yes. We heard that. Right, good, we right, just so. don't Very have nice the imaging. Very nice law and order as well. All right. Uh, jury duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. So today, what we're going to talk about here is uh, the men's bracket has been uh, insane. March Madness has lived up to the name. Uh, it's the first time in the modern era that a one seed hasn't made the Elite Eight. No twos or threes left. We're in the final four. Um, UConn is a four seed. Miami and uh, San Diego State, they're both five seeds. FAU is a nine seed. So we're, parodies run wild in, uh, in the NCAA tournament. So the question today is, is this year a sign of things to come for college basketball amber the floor is yours can i just point out that james Steele went out partying on friday and his voice is still struggle city and he it sounds is terrible it's worse. absolutely terrible it's never been worse <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's going on but. rachel this is what you have to look forward to in your late 30s uh yeah you're Jeez. it is weird because your voice does it's, it's getting worse every day. Yeah, <laughs> you, it's been, you're supposed to be recovering for the, from the party. It's been five days, and it's just gotten worse. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All right. I, I, I digress. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah, by the way, you are the on the clock. This is a yes. time chess match, yeah. so that time counts. Yeah, great start, by the way, insulting Everyone settled. Everyone settled down. Again. May it please the court. Yes, NIL is changing the landscape of college basketball. All you have to do to see that is look at one of the teams in this year's Final Four in the men's bracket and the program at Miami as a whole, right? John Ruiz comes into Miami. All of a sudden, there's NIL money. These kids can get paid, and they have a reason to find themselves at that particular university where things have worked out particularly well for that basketball program. Jim Laranega is an excellent coach. He's had his team in the Elite Eight several times, but to take that next step to get here to the Final 
for. It did take a little bit of that NIL money, but look at the women's team that made it to the Elite Eight, the furthest that they have ever made it in their program's history. NIL money galore over on the women's side, and this is really where it changes the landscape of college basketball because it's not just about who we're going to get in terms of parity in the national championship or in terms of the Final Four, but it's throughout the entire tournament, but it's also in terms of women's sports. Those two twins at University of Miami, the Cavender twins, who have over 4 million followers on TikTok alone, who have become famous in their own right. Their NIL deals, they reportedly make $2 million in just NIL deals, and more is on the way. They make upwards of $2 million annually from these deals, and yet that number is expected to grow after this appearance in this tournament. The highest paid WNBA player makes roughly $240,000. And these Cavender twins in college are making $2 million a year just on NIL deals. That is changing the landscape of college basketball. But they also find themselves at a university like the University of Miami where they felt like they could garner that attention and, of course, add to the program. So they're transfers. And that's really what is changing the landscape of college basketball is the transfer portal. Everything changed in 2021. That's when Florida changed the NIL deals as the first state July 1st, 2021. That also was the same year that the transfer portal rules changed in April of 2021. We are just two years removed, not even two full years removed from these NIL deals going into effect in most states. And I know Joe is about to get up here and his argument is about to be, well, all you have to do to know that things aren't changing is look at last year's final four where you had the traditional blue buds in the final four you had unc you had duke you had villanova you had kansas i'll go ahead and make your argument for you joe because i know that's what's coming again we are only two years removed from nil going into effect so yes last year we didn't see the impact in terms of the final four this year we're seeing the impact across the entire landscape of college basketball on both brackets for both the men's game and the women's game. It's the transfer portal, though, that I think maybe even has more of an effect than just NIL on the changing landscape. I rest my case. Your Honor, I'd like to begin by stating I don't think Counselor Wilson understands the definition of the word parody, which is what you were asking about. She said that she was going to make my argument for me, which was that last year we had Blue Bloods make the Final Four, and that that's a reason why this is not going to be you know, the future. Um, that's not what it was. It's not about Blue Bloods. It's about seeding. Parody is about seeding. We're talking about the fact that we have, what did you say, James? A four, two fives, and a an nine. eight that have made it this far? A four, two fives, and a nine, correct. That's the parity, the balance, the fact that the bottom half of the equation, the mid-tier, is able to rise up. Last year wasn't about the blue bloods. It was the fact that we had a one seed, two two seeds, and an eight seed reach the final four. There was no parity last year. But like you said, I believe NIL started in 2021. Last year was 2022. So we've had two years to watch this suss itself out. And we've seen one year where there's been no parity whatsoever. That was last season. And then we've seen this year where there is parity. This is just a case of recency bias. We're going to get new teams, which I think is what Amber's arguing. We're going to have new teams rise to the top. But those teams will eventually become ones and two seeds. They'll just do NIL 
better than everyone else. The Blue Bloods were the Blue Bloods, not so much because they were great at basketball. They were just able to recruit better than everyone else. And if you get my drift, they were on to NIL before anyone else kind of figured it out where it was legal, right? Like, it's not a surprise that Coach K immediately retires. Roy Williams immediately retires. Jay Wright's out of the game. Uh, you look at John Calipari. He can't win anything anymore, right? He had the edge back before NIL became legal and became accepted. And now that anyone else can do it, suddenly Calipari can't win games anymore. It goes to good coaches with good NIL programs. Miami could very easily become this dominant NIL program where they figure it out so well in terms of paying and recruiting that they just become a one or two seed every year. That's not parity. That's just a new team rising to the top. New money, right? We've seen the old money. We know about the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers. And now it's about the tech money. That's what's going to happen now. We're not going to have parity. We're just going to have new teams at the top. And parity will every now and again rear its head like we saw with George Mason years ago. And for the most part, it won't. It'll be ones and twos and three seeds that dominate. I wasn't sure if I needed to say anything official there at the end. No, I think I, I picked up on your uh, stoppage of words there. All right, uh, hang there. We, uh, we, we, I have deliberated uh, extensively mm-hmm. for several seconds. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the jury rules in favor of Joe. It was a good argument, mm-hmm. okay. and uh, Joe wins. Definitely the jury, because I made fun of your voice off the top, which was no. completely reasonable. For, for some reason, you do that voice. every time we do this bit. You insult him like immediately, knowing full well that he's the one making the decision at the end. <laughs> Why do you do that? Do you not realize you do that every time? It's not the best strategy. No. On my it's part, a crazy it's strategy. It's the, the fact that you've won joins, by doing it. It's the, the moment he. It's the way that he joins the show. It's the moment he joins the show. It's my. It's my opportunity to comment <laughs> on the life of James Steele. I don't know what to tell you, so I take it's the opportunity when nice. it's given to me. It's not that. Well, I, I can't. I, what, like I, I, I went and I hung out with my voice. favorite band, and now my voice is terrible. Now you can't what do can I? I what, no, what can it's I like say? Five days later, James. I know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's, I'm falling it's, apart. It is back really, here. really remarkable. Uh, that is uh, you drink some tea with honey in it, man. Uh, nine, nine seed FAU. What I think is interesting here because I made the argument there with NIL about University of Miami, which Miami is like the poster child right now for NIL working. Yes. FAU clearly does not have the NIL money floating around that school that a school like Miami does or the majority of these schools have. And yet this smaller school in Boca has found its way to the final floor. That's the transfer portal because they do, they did have a key. They even benefited FAU even benefited from the transfer portal. That really, I think brings the parity to college basketball because not everybody can compete. Not all these markets can compete with NIL. It, again, it's not the same in Boca as it is in, in Miami. It's completely different landscape. There's going to be different money spent with NIL. But the transfer portal kind of evens that playing field some. And I actually think it's the transfer portal affecting this final floor more than just NIL. No doubt. And another point on Florida Atlantic, they were grossly underseeded in this tournament. I think they were a nine taking on Memphis as an eight. And they'd, they'd lost like two games all regular They're season. 35 and three as of right yeah. now. 35 and three. That's your nine seed in the East region. So, yeah, I mean, people are Easy now waking up to but... the fact that they're good and they're like, oh, what a surprise. This team's been pretty kick butt all season long, and now they're really showing it to everybody. Granted, it's not like they played the absolute cream of the crop throughout their conference schedule. It wasn't really all that tough. Did beat the Gators there by two. How about that? Okay. All right. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, it is your (laughs) chance to weigh in. That that loss, by the way, doesn't look nearly as bad now as it did at the time. Good loss. 
My Gators. Oh, your chance to weigh in to this show. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Coming up next, we get to your phone calls. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber, we love when you chime into the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bring us your hottest takes, anything you got. We were just in a debate. Imagine that. I mean, it has been the story of today's show, just debate after debate. We were just debating with our board op, Rachel, about Grey's Anatomy because she claims it's good. There's zero chance that it's good. That show stopped being good like three years in, and it's been like 25 years since then. All right. Is there Take any it easy. Show? I mean, I watch show. this every Thursday. Which is amazing because that show is practically as old as you. I that, mean, quite that is a literally. True statement. I'll, it's I'll been on for that. your entire life. Really? Uh, so, I, I mean, basically, it's been on for... Yeah, she's 26. It's been on for 20 years, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm literally the least qualified to talk about this because while you three were all breaking the show down, I repeatedly said, I don't know anything about this. I didn't even know who Gray was. Which is So which when is you ask me bizarre. the question, how am I supposed to answer it? I don't know. I, know. I haven't seen this show in 15 years, but nevertheless, I feel like everybody at one point knew about Gray's Anatomy. Is there any show that's been on? Like, there any show that actually did last two decades that, that was good? Sim- but are you looking yeah, for like Simpsons. live action? Yeah, maybe li- maybe live action. Simpsons, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is getting up there. SVU, Law and Order. Yeah, Law and yeah, Order. Yeah, but been I, on but for is that years. has SVU itself been on that long? Because like the Law and Order franchise has certainly been on that long. It's been on longer than that. It's an excellent franchise. But I feel like what they keep doing is the you know spinning off into different directions so that it doesn't get stale. I feel like it's really hard to have a show. Because everybody, first of all, the actors want to leave the show at some point, which is what's happened with Grey's Anatomy. Like, that sustainability is very difficult. SVU, what about, like, General Hospital? Yeah, 60 years. Oh. Uh, SVU has been on since 1999. Wait a minute, 60 years? 60, six, zero? Yeah, six years. It's the 60th General anniversary Hospital? of General Hospital. That show has been April. on for oh 60 years? Goodness. Yep, I watch that every day, too. Favorite character is Brick, by the way. Anyone ever see Brick? Very Who's good, Brick? Joe. Is Brick that Stephen A. Smith? A. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> That's his character, I, Private Investigator. I saw it's what awesome. Doing there. No, I it's, have never I've never even seen General Hospital. I don't think I don't I never watch I don't watch those. I numbers. will only try to catch the clips he's in because it is the best. Electric. It's the best. Electric. It's so good. <laughs> he's always, I have to he's always gotta be me mugging. Like he's not he's a private investigator, he's always there in dramatic scenes. So he's not there laughing, having a good time. He works it's always mob. really serious stuff. It's awesome. Rachel, awesome. like he works for the mob. Electric. It's, it's electric. <laughs> Have you seen it, James? Have you I've seen, seen him on there? I've seen, I've seen the, I've seen some clips and yeah. incredible, <laughs> just incredible stuff. Okay, let's <laughs> let's get to your phone calls. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. James, is anything going to work in terms of sound? Thirteen black yeah. No Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette. Already off. With Joe and Amber. Already off to a good start here. The sound is back. Let's spin the wheel. Our friend Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, thanks for the call again tonight. What do you have for us? Okay. Uh, with this Lamar Jackson thing, uh, it smells like, and I don't know if you guys are allowed to say this, but it smells like collusion to me because there's no way on God's green earth that the, the commanders, the Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
I'm going to say the Patriots and the Jets can't use Lamar Jackson's services. It's just... We're allowed to say that. We're allowed to say we're allowed to say whatever we want. Well, not whatever we want. There's actually I don't a know list of words far. that we're quite literally not allowed to say. But collusion is not one of those words. What we already went through the argument about the commanders. If you miss anything here on Joe and Amber, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We also discussed the uh, Falcons. He mentioned there. We didn't actually get to the Bucks component of that story. We didn't get to the Patriots, but the Patriots and the Jets, which he mentioned there at the end, Joe, they haven't said they're out. In fact, Robert Kraft has alluded to, well, it's up to Bill, but you know, Lamar's interesting. Well, the Jets have made it clear that like Rogers is the pursuit. And I think right. they use the word like it'd be disingenuous if we started looking into Lamar Jackson. So I get that's that. And that's it's, the right move the on their behalf. Yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say collusion. I think collusion implies that they all come together and they talk about it. I think they're all doing it without having to talk about it. They don't want to give them the guaranteed contract because they all know it would be horrible business for them because the more guaranteed deals we get, the more guaranteed deals people are going to want. It's going to become precedent. Then you're going to turn into the NBA. And the last thing you want is the Ben Simmons contract where you can't get out from underneath it. Oh, if Lamar gets the guaranteed deal, that's it. That's a wrap. Like that, that changes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is getting a guaranteed deal next time. He's up. Everybody is. Josh Allen's getting a guaranteed deal next time. They're all going to get guaranteed deals. And that, of course, is what I would imagine the owners are a little bit concerned about. Let's spin the wheel. Chris, Chris is in California. Chris, thanks for the call. Go ahead. I just wanted to chime in on one of the longest-running shows, and I'm not sure this was going to qualify, but it's been on longer than I can remember, The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, Joe did mention The Simpsons. That's a good one. That's a good nomination. Now, I don't. I can't say, like, I don't I don't still watch. Like, does The Simpsons still hold up? I don't. I, don't still watch I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I mean, it, there's you got to distinguish between like that and live action. Like South Park would fall into the Simpsons category because it's animated, right. and South Park's been around a very long time as well. South Park came out when I was like a junior in high school, and somehow it's still going strong. So that's north of twenty years as well. I remember Simpsons being out whenever I was in like the first grade. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe, believe that show. I just, crazy. I, I it's still seen good. It. It's in, still in good. I mean, yeah. I think they've been, it's been better, but it's still a really good show. Wow. Probably okay. a little bit That's easier awesome. to do with the longevity, maybe, of the animated series. Let's spin the wheel. Joe. Joe is in Wisconsin. Joe, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, Joe. Um, I just got to let you know on the Matt LaFleur thing. Um, Matt LaFleur wasn't talking to the world when he was talking about tempering expectations. I'm 37 years old and have never entered a season not knowing that I have an MVP caliber quarterback. We don't have Jamarcus Russells to work against here or to look at. Um, I think if Jordan Love, I watch a lot of football with Packers fans. I prefer to watch it by myself because in a Packers game, the quarterback can throw one interception and everybody loses their mind. They're throwing away <laughs> the game. They're going to lose it for us. Like, we're who he's talking to. We can have a Kirk Cousins type season and want to throw Jordan Love in the trash. Yeah, that's well, fair. I mean, you guys have had an incredible – no fan base has ever had what you guys have had. 30 yeah, years spoiled. of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Unbelievable. 
Spoiled. And that's where those expectations come from. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, of course, Packers fans have that expectation because it's what they've known for practically their entire lives, going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Some of them for their entire lives. We'll see if Lightning can strike a third time there in Green Bay when they have to go now to Jordan Love. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, more on Lamar Jackson. I would imagine that's all anybody is talking about with Freddie and Fitzsimmons. They're coming up next. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.